You're listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you're there, download our free mobile app. There's a digital Bible on there. There is all of our teachings for you to enjoy, an awesome online community to stay connected with. And if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. We definitely don't want you to miss anything as we go through the gospel of Matthew. We are in Matthew chapter 16. We're going to close out 16 today. This past Friday, I know we tried to get on. We were having some pretty significant challenges with our technology here, and I spent uh, a good bit of the weekend on various chats uh, as we learn how to do everything here, and we are very much learning on the fly, so to speak. Um, It's a matter of matching the right technology. So our streaming platform was giving us issues. Um, Hopefully those issues have been solved and we can go forward with good quality. Look, listen, God's people have met in caves and tough situations. Uh, Little uh, garbling in our sound isn't the end of it all. But you know what? We do also want to come forward and operate in excellence. So I thank you for your patience as we work on the quality of what we are doing here. Uh, I do want to mention that this evening we will uh, be launching uh, a a. Great conversation with Bishop Jamie Engelhart of Connection International Ministries, where we, like I had shared, we are going to air a conversation that happened about two weeks ago. The goal is over the next few days to bring in some really awesome teachers that have been really influential in my life, and we, uh, uh, Bishop Jamie and I are, we discuss Matthew, uh, one through three. So that's going to be at 8 PM tonight. If you're listening on the podcast streams, obviously, uh, you can uh, tune in. That's going to be posted there as well. And then tomorrow, uh, we also have on Dr. Matthew Hester from the present truth Academy dominion church. Also the host of, Uh, The podcast, The Kingdom is for Everyone, and we are going to go through Matthew 4 through 7, and then I'm bringing Johnny over in uh, at some point this week, um, aiming for maybe a live on Thursday. If not, we'll pre-record, but I'd love to have him live, so we can razz him online. You can ask him questions. Many of you know that uh, Apostle Johnny and I, uh, we uh, work very closely together in a lot of different ways. We had a radio show, uh, Sound of Heaven Radio, here on Long Island that was streamed out as well. And uh, many of you have reached out and say, I miss you guys being together. Well, mainly because we would just kind of razz each other, but uh, we used to have a lot of fun. So I do want to take some of the clips from that and start uh, posting it on social media. But but um, all right, let's get into it this morning because I don't want to keep us uh, too far beyond our 1%. Right, so Matthew chapter 16, we're going to close it out, like I said, and if you remember, Matthew 16 starts with the 
Pharisees and the Sadducees challenging Jesus on who he is. And how do they challenge Jesus? They're basically demanding him to show a sign. And he tells them, listen, a wicked and perverse generation demands a sign. Okay? They were demanding a sign, and, and we know we know it. They had no interest anyway. They Jesus could have done. He already raised the dead. He already cleansed and healed lepers. He cast out demons when they couldn't do any of that stuff. Uh, but you know they they did not care. <laughs> they were looking for reasons to charge him. Right. That's why they would try to call him out for healing people on the Sabbath. So. Uh, Jesus then gets away from them. He gets with his disciples, and he says, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. So basically, he's using a metaphor of yeast and bread, which was very common in the Jewish time, where uh, yeast obviously gets in bread, it it affects it. So they would use it as a uh, metaphor for sin and corruption, and basically says, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees, right? And then... Jesus asks them a very important question. Well, two important questions, really. He asks them, well, what? who do people say that I am? And then they say, what? They said, well, Elijah, John the Baptist, uh, Jeremiah, uh, and Jesus asks, who do you say I am? And that's where we find Peter in that awesome interaction making a declaration uh, with Jesus as to who he is. And he says, you are the anointed one. You are the Christ, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And he says, it's on that confession, Peter, that I will build my church. And the church is what? The ecclesia, the called out assembly of people. What we all have in common in Christianity, right, if we're, if we're being real, is the confession of Jesus being who he says he is, and that's Jesus is Lord. And Peter right, is elevated amongst his brethren because he is the one that that makes that determination. And Jesus says to him, listen, you didn't get that from your own flesh. You got that from the Spirit. And he's beginning to teach them on how to listen to the Holy Spirit that was influencing them. And ultimately, at Pentecost, and when we get into the book of Acts, we see that then humanity gets the helper, right? We'll get to the end of Matthew, and Jesus will make a promise, and he says, I will send the helper. And that helper, which dwells inside you and me today, by the way, is what guides us. I like how Bishop Jamie said it when he was in town. He says, it's the helper, not the doer, right? So we use this Holy Spirit inside of us as a guide, and then we take action, right? Because we are the body of Christ. We are his hands and his feet and his eyes and his mouthpiece, here on earth. So often we are trying to figure out why bad things happen, and God is, I believe, looking to us and asking, why are you letting bad things happen? We have authority. We have the keys to the kingdom. Remember, that's what Jesus said to Peter. He says, after he makes the confession, he says, I give you the keys to the kingdom, so you can bind whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's an authority that we have in in Christ to operate here on his behalf, right? And that's not an authority to be um, to be uh, uh, to, to be misused, okay? We think authority, we think, oh, we're going to rule over kings. No. How did Jesus rule? He served. He served. What did Jesus do? We'll get to it at the at the Last Supper. 
He cleansed the feet of his disciples. We need a church that's willing to serve, that's willing to go to the places. What did Jesus do? He went to all the places that people weren't willing to go to. The religious leaders told the lepers to run away and scream unclean. Jesus walked right up to them, put his hands on their face, and healed them. We have to be more approachable as the church. Amen? All right. Well, let's get into our uh, scriptures today. We're actually going to back up a little bit to what we read. I do want to read the interaction between Jesus and Peter. It says, uh, verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, right? And I didn't mention that before, but Jesus is explaining to them that he must die. And that's what kicks off, and that's where we see the shift. Peter, who was elevated, um, or I would say edified by Jesus, it, before all of his uh, brothers there, uh, tides quickly turn for him because now Peter, uh, as Peter often does, gets overzealous and he says, and as Jesus is saying, hey, I must go to Jerusalem. I must be killed by the chief priests and the teachers. What does uh, Peter do? He takes him aside. He says, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And then P- Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Wow. You go from being the rock or being part of the rock or being, uh, you know, the one who heard from the Spirit to being a Satan to Jesus. He says, you are a stumbling block to me. You have not, do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, did Peter have good intentions? Absolutely. Absolutely. He loved Jesus, but he loved the physical Jesus more than the mission at hand. You could even say, go back a couple chapters, Jesus' family, they're going to get him, to try to pull him out and say, hey, stop what you're doing, just go back to being a carpenter. They were a Satan to him. Did they love him? Absolutely. And a lot of times, our love for the things of this world, our love for the temporary things, right? Because on a long enough timeline, you and I, uh, you know, we eventually get to heaven, I'll put it nicely, But if we cling to the things that are here, we miss the opportunity for the greater. I talked a little bit about this at Sound of Heaven this past week when I pointed out when Jesus fed the 5,000, he was approached a day or so later by some people who wanted wanted the bread again. And Jesus tells them what? He says, he says, do not work for food that spoils, right? They're following Jesus around because they want bread. But Jesus had so much more. And what does Jesus say? He says, I am the living bread. Those who come to me will never be hungry and never be thirsty. See, what we want in our flesh really can't be satisfied. It's temporary, right? We pursue things. And I gave this example yesterday as well. You ever want something real bad and then you get it and you're like, eh, eh, it's all right. It's because the things of this world really can't satisfy us in the way that we, that we want. It's always temporary. So Peter, so Peter is wanting to have Jesus stick around because he's comfortable with Jesus. And he says, get behind me, Satan. And then Jesus says it like this in verse 24. Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, themselves, and take up their cross and follow me. This is the part that we don't like, to deny ourselves. 
and take up their cross and follow me. I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. His flesh, his human body did not want to go to the cross. We know that. But what did he say? He says, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But let your will be done. But let your will be done. See, the crucifixion started in that garden with Jesus denying his fleshly self. Let's keep reading. Let me see here. Hold on. I think I'm missing a scripture in my slides here. So this is why I keep my paper Bible handy. Let's go. I'm just going to read it from here. There we go. Yes, I'm missing like the most, not the most important, <laughs> very important part of scripture. So I've got my, hand, my, my paper Bible here. It's funny to even say that, right? So I'm going to start with verse 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And this was the one that was missing, and you'll see why it's important. Forever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And this is the great paradox, right? To lose your life is gain. And what does this even mean? Look, everything that surrounds us is in the natural. And we have a mindset. And every one of our senses, right, all of our senses scream to cling to what we see. And if we're honest with ourselves, because God has put eternity on our hearts, we know that everything we can put our hands on, everything that we can smell, everything that we can touch, everything that we can taste is temporary. It doesn't last. Yet we put so much stock in the temporary that sometimes we sacrifice the eternal. We sacrifice the soul. See, the soul has the capacity for eternal life. And there's different schools of thought as to what happens, you know, beyond this life. But we know that the blessing of the new covenant is eternal life in the presence of God. So don't pursue the physical at the expense of the soul. Because you can't serve two masters, right? Jesus says this, you can't serve both God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. Now, that, does that mean that you don't, you can't have money? No, as a matter of fact, that's not true. God wants good things, valuable things in your hands. Why? Because you are his vessel to be poured into and to be poured out of. But you ever think about when water is poured into something and then it's not poured back out of, what happens? That water becomes stagnant. It becomes rancid. And that's what we have a lot of in this world. Folks that are clinging so much to the physical, they never pour out into anybody else. And even what is valuable at some point becomes rancid. And we sell out for the things of this world. 
And as crazy as it sounds, Peter was selling, was almost selling out. That's why he was a Satan, an adversary, which really what a Satan, what it means is adversary. What it means is an obstruction. That's what Peter was doing by telling Jesus, hey, I'm not going to let this happen. He goes, no, this must happen. And if you stand in the way of it, you are an obstruction to what God wants to do. Even the Apostle Paul talked about the the fighting between his spirit and his flesh. And really what it is, it's a battle for the soul. It's a battle for who you are. Will you cling to the things of this world so much, so much, that you miss out on what God has for you in this life and in the next? I'm going to keep reading here. For what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone exchange for their soul? Really, what is more important than your eternal soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. Then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, this is very important, okay? It is a very, very critical time statement. So Jesus says, the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels and reward each person according to what they have done. In that generation, just like this generation, there is a choice to pursue the things of God, to make your life about what? Denying yourself, taking up your cross, and doing God's work here on earth. And in that generation, we know they had about 40 years from the time Jesus was crucified and resurrected before there was the destruction of the temple in that time. I bring this up because it's, it's so important. Jesus says here in 28, this is a big time statement, and I can't just gloss this over, right? Okay, so for those of you who are just joining on the live stream, it, we, we took the first part of this and we talked about the difference between pursuing your life, loving your life here so much that you lose the opportunity for eternal blessings and glory, right? You cling to the temporary here so much that you miss the opportunity, And so often that opportunity is blessing other people. The only thing that you can do that has a reward beyond yourself is to invest in love on other people. But now we have an interesting time statement that's about the new covenant here that we can't just gloss over and make this all about ourselves. It says, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and they will reward each person according to what they have done. Understand this Jesus is talking to a generation that is living under the law, whose entire belief system is according to their works. And we have hopefully learned so far, so we're wrapping up here in a second, that the, the coming of the kingdom is at hand in the, at that time. And we cannot gloss over verse 28 here where it says, Truly I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death, will not die before they see 
the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, the fulfillment of the kingdom. What is the fulfillment of the kingdom? It's the complete establishment of the new covenant. And I ask you, are we or are we not in the complete establishment of the new covenant? I would present to you that, yes, we are, for many reasons. Jesus said that one not, not one jot or tittle will be removed from the law. Not the smallest letter will be removed from the law until all these things are fulfilled. I ask you, are we under grace or are we under works? And I present to you, we are under grace. So he's talking to them. And now, unless you believe that the apostles are in some nursing home somewhere, I think it's safe to venture that they are all dead and gone with the Lord. Let's put it that way. So he's telling them, he's presenting the urgency that, hey, the kingdom is being established here. And when you look at how they live their lives out, so many of them were killed on account of their belief in him. So he's reassuring them that, hey, some of you are going to see this happen. Now, the apostle John, the evangelist on the Isle of Patmos, he didn't die. Many did. Peter died. James was killed, all of them martyred. And that's the great paradox, that all of these men and women, they gave their life for Jesus. They gave their life for the cause of the advancing of the gospel. Now, many of you listening to this are never going to have to lay your physical life down. But what you and I do have the opportunity to do is to deny ourselves. Look, I'd love to sit home on Sundays and watch football. That's what my flesh wants to do. But my spirit man knows that there's work to be done. This spirit man, my spirit man knows that I get strengthened when I get around my brothers and sisters in corporate fellowship on Sunday. So my prayer for you as we wrap it up today is that we would examine our lives and really determine where we're getting pulled Right? What, what is our flesh wanting us to do that is getting in the way? What are the decisions that are getting in the way of what God would have for our life? Because it is the great paradox that if we love our life so much, we actually lose it. We lose our purpose here. But the great fallacy of it all is this, that somehow by giving up what we want at times, we lose everything. Listen. I'll tell you, I'm 18 years in to this journey with Christ. There's not a chance that I would be as fulfilled as I am today had I not denied myself of the pursuit. What was I going to do? Stay an alcoholic? Stay a drug addict? Stay angry? (laughs) I mean, it's not like some of these things, it's not like... Some of these things are doing, they're destroying us. So much of what our flesh wants destroys us. Bitterness, unforgiveness. What am I giving up here? God's got so much more for you. And my prayer going into this year is that you can take a good hard look at your life. And I can take a good hard look at my life and say, what am I willing to lose so that I can gain everything? 
so that I can gain the fulfillment of my soul, which means I'm pursuing God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I know many of us are on a spiritual journey. Sometimes we just don't know what to do. But Father, I pray for everybody within the sound of my voice to get more clarity on the things in their life that maybe are pulling them in a direction where you don't want them. Even the things that might feel good and might make us temporarily feel fulfilled. But we know they don't lead to long-term fulfillment. Father, we know that your desire for us is to deny ourselves and follow you. And just like Jesus told the disciples, there's no one that follows you that is disappointed, who's not rewarded many, many times over. Here's what I know. 100% of the people listening to this right now want a rewarding life. Help us to realize the only way to do that is to truly follow you. And we'll never lack anything. And when we trust you, we'll never be disappointed. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. And hey, listen, 8 p.m. tonight, okay? We are. Go- I'm going to be chatting with Bishop Jamie Englehart and then tomorrow night as well at 8pm we're adding some additional special episodes for you because I want you to be blessed and I want you to further your knowledge of God. Thanks for spending a couple extra minutes with me this morning I love you guys. See you tomorrow when we start Matthew chapter 17